0: Happy and blessed Thanksgiving, you know it's time. If you know this theme song, you know it's time. For Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. And this broadcast is coming just before our own Thanksgiving Day or or right after whenever you're picking it up from our website and we just want to wish you and your family a blessed and happy Thanksgiving as we consider the goodness of God and the grace of God that has been offered to every one of us Uh, not just the material blessings we're thankful for that too but it isn't in the same category as the unsearchable riches of Christ hallelujah and the unspeakable gift of God's son, uh, to be a lamb of God, Offered up that we might be forgiven, that we might be saved today. Oh, the the, the I usually tell people about the food part: gobble till you wobble. <laughs> I've never had anyone uh, say, Pastor, I'm having a problem with that. Pray for me that I can eat more. <laughs> By the way, I've never had nobody ask me to pray for them to eat less either. Amen. But I want you to enjoy your Thanksgiving uh, feasting. Is not a bad thing. It's long as we don't overdo it, amen, in fact is there's more feasting than there was fasting in the old covenant, and maybe we need more of the fasting less of the feasting but I'm going to tell you fasting is for a particular spiritual purpose, and we'll talk about that sometime in our teaching. But there is the feast of trumpets and the feast of tabernacles and and when and we're going to a wedding supper of the lamb, the marriage supper of the lamb. And when the prodigal son comes home, you kill the fatted calf to celebrate and you have a feast. Praise God, Amen. So uh, we 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 just we just want you to enjoy all of the blessings of God and in the midst Of all of that, to be grateful and thankful unto Him. So, from our house to your house, our heart to your heart, God bless you and yours today. Amen. All right, if you have your Bible, please turn with me back, and we're teaching in sequence to Psalm 77, a Psalm of Asaph, a man who had a wounded spirit and recovered from it. That's the title of our teaching that we've been teaching in the previous broadcast. How to recover from a wounded spirit. By the way, the ideal is that we would never find ourselves in this kind of discouraged, despairing condition. And yet, if you ever do, you need to know how to come out of that and to walk back in the victory that is promised us and provided in Jesus Christ. But it's... it's It, it, it it is so important that we cover these three things in depth, these four things in depth that he did because he was, he was as, as one man said, lower than a, than a snake's belly in a rat wagon rut. He was down for the count. He was down and out. He was discouraged and dispirited. And the scripture that is our foundation is proverbs eighteen fourteen, and no wonder the enemy wants to get us into this condition if he can because it says the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity but a wounded spirit who can bear this is at the breaking point in our life this is when helplessness turns to hopelessness you know helplessness If we really, really begin to look to God with all of our heart and our faith, it can be a motivational thing when we're in a helpless condition. But hopelessness causes us not to reach up to the hand that is reaching down for us it is a dangerous situation that's why we're not breaking from this teaching even right here at thanksgiving if you want the thanksgiving message for thanksgiving just back up to sunday morning alive on our website and we'll be talking about that but right now we are continuing someone in this listening audience is in this condition and you are are here back again today because you are beginning to look up because there is a way out. You know, there's a, it really it's just a saying. It's not a biblical scripture. It's not a scripture you can find in the concordance. It's not in the old or new testament in one scripture statement form. God will make a way where there seems to be no way (laughs) it seems like it ought to be a scripture we may have heard it so much but it is a scriptural statement to make our God dear friend is a way maker and he has already made a way for you and I to be saved and a way for us to get up when we get knocked down amen and that is the key to me that's the key to Christian victory. It's not never being knocked down, but being able to get up. Because if you get up, <laughs> the fight's still on. Praise God. Amen. And God wants you up today. God wants you on your feet and ready to fight the good fight of faith, because I believe God wants to do mighty things in these very last of the last days that men may see the manifestation of the presence and power of God and come to know Christ as their Lord and their Savior and find the hope and the peace that we possess in Him today as His children. Now, we're talking about how to recover from a wounded spirit in Psalm 77. And we find a man that was wounded that way in Asaph. He actually said in verse 3, My spirit is overwhelmed. David said it can happen because he said, When my soul is overwhelmed within me, lead me to that rock that is higher than I. For the Lord has been a refuge for me, a shelter for me, and a refuge from mine enemies. Notice David didn't say, if I Find myself in that place, but when it occurs. And if you think that people with the Holy Spirit and with the revelation of Christ, that they didn't ever get deeply discouraged, you need to listen to the words of Paul in the New Covenant. I'm not turning for time's sake, but the Apostle Paul to the letter to the Corinthians said this I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning the trouble that we experienced in asia how we were pressed beyond measure and despaired of life itself now he wasn't suicidal But he was wishing he could just go on to heaven and get out from under the kind of pressure and persecution that he was under in Asia. We have limits to our emotions. We have limits to our endurance without the supernatural grace and strength that comes from God and Christ alone. Amen. But I want you to know there is a way out. Listen, the Apostle Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant. I'm going to be forthright. I'm going to be forthcoming. I'm not going to imply that you can live in a bubble and never find yourself feeling this way. But listen to what he said and what he learned uh, through getting in that place and getting out of that place. He said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning the trouble we experienced in Asia, how we were pressed beyond measure, beyond our limits to endure, and despaired of life itself that we might learn not to trust In ourself, but in God who raises the dead. You see, a God with whom nothing is impossible means there's it's not impossible for Him to help you where you are, no matter how deep and how dark that pit may be that you find may find yourself emotionally and mentally and beginning to touch you spiritually as in God can reach down to where you are. God can turn that thing around, not immediately necessarily in the circumstances, but immediately inside you. You know, Jesus doesn't always speak to the storm and say, peace be still, but he does always speak to the storm in us and say, peace be still. The storm in your emotions and in your mind that the other storm of circumstance has created, or the storm of heartache and heartbreak has created. Amen. And what he speaks to us is this, in this world, You shall have tribulation. The pressure will be brought to bear. You can't live in a faulty body in a fallen world like this with a formidable foe called the enemy and not have these things occur. But he said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. My peace I give you. Not as the world give. It's not circumstantial. It's not based on circumstance. It is a spiritual peace that passes all understanding. But it is very real and it's available to you and to me through the grace of God. Amen. So we're going to talk about some steps to come up out of that deep, horrible pit. And and it will keep us from getting into it. If we practice these things right now, you say, Pastor, I'm not in that place. I don't need this. Well, you need it to keep you out of it. If we'll start practicing these principles, you'll never find yourself in there. And you say, well, I don't need any principles. I'm strong in my faith. This is not just about faith. It's about the exercise of your faith. Amen. So I'm going to give you principle number one. Remember what God has done. That's what he said, Asaph, in verse 11. He said, I will remember the works of the Lord. I will remember thy wonders of old. Listen, the reason that a whole generation became doubting and defeated was because they forgot the faithfulness of God. They forgot all that God did to get them out of Egypt. And they doubted Him on the journey to the promised land. Psalm seventy-eight forty and 42 says, How often did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? I want to reiterate something I said at the end, I believe near the end of last week. And that is that there are things that grieve the Holy Spirit. There are things that quench him, but there's things that grieve him. And grieve is a love word. If, 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 if God didn't love you, He would never be grieved with you. And if you didn't love a child that, that has turned against you and, 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 and won't hear a word you have to say or a husband or a wife that has left you, if you hadn't loved them, you'd be glad to get rid of them. But if you, if you love them, it grieves you. And God's love for you is not affected by any failure on your part or mine uh, uh, in his eyes. Your failure will not quench God's love for you. Amen. But you can resist and reject that love. Amen. And you can grieve him. And you can grieve the Holy Spirit. How often did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? And what grieved him? Verse 41, yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Because why? Verse 42, they remembered not His hand, nor the day when He delivered them from the enemy. I like a paraphrase. that said they forgot His power and they forgot His love. In the midst of difficult circumstances... We need to remember and rehearse victories of the past that will will be will be give us faith for the present and hope for the future. Listen to Deuteronomy once again, 7-9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. One translation says he keeps his commandments covenant of love hallelujah you see friend if God ever did it he'll do it again and if he ever did it for anyone he will do it for you he's no respecter of persons and he changes not number two we need to direct our thoughts to the good things of God verse 12 Asaph said I will meditate I'll remember his works and I will meditate of all his works." Meditation is simply a form of private devotion or spiritual exercise consisting in deep, continued reflection on some religious theme. Well, we're not talking here. That's a, that's a definition of meditation here. It's not just some religious thing. And in the life of a believer, it's not just some religious thing. It is a person. It is focusing our thoughts upon God and His goodness and Christ and His faithfulness. Praise God. Simply stated, meditation is keeping the focus of our thoughts upon that truth about God that overrules the tendency to worry and fear. And it will disarm the distractions in our life. Psalm 63 verse 5 said, My soul shall be satisfied with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. Verse 6 says, when I remember. You see the focus? When I remember thee on my bed, and meditate on thee in the night watches. David simply said, my meditation of him shall be sweet. Glory be to God. Paraphrase says, as I lie in bed, I remember you. All night long I think of you, because you have always been my help. Praise God. You have always been my help. Glory be to God. Amen. Listen, Paul sums it up this way. In in telling us just exactly what when our faith that seemingly has failed begins to be reignited... And we begin to reach up to the hand that we know is reaching down to us. Listen to what he says in Hebrews 11:32 through 34. It says, well, What more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, and turned to flight the armies of the Aliens. Glory be to God. Amen. This this meditating on the good things of God. Meditating on the Word of God. Amen. Focusing on His person before we try to claim His promise. Hallelujah. We all need that quiet time with the Lord, don't we? In this place of deep devotion and trust, God can seed his own will into our thoughts and he can bless us in spite of the enemy's forces that that seek to tell us that God is unfaithful, to tell us through circumstances that God isn't going to answer and he isn't going to come through. Praise God. Let me read you that scripture I quoted early. Psalm 104, 34. My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. Milton in Paradise Lost wrote, and I quote, The mind is its own place, and in itself can make a heaven of hell or a hell of heaven. Someone else said every man and every woman has a train of thought which he rides The dignity and nobility of his life, as well as his happiness, depends upon the direction the train is going. The baggage, oh, here it is. How many times have you heard that someone is really at heart a good person, but they've got a lot of baggage. They've got a lot of things unresolved in their past. And they might not be a good choice for a mate unless they deal with that first and get rid of that baggage. If we're carrying resentment, if we're carrying unforgiveness, if we're carrying bitterness... We may try to justify that, but I'm going to tell you, you can't go forward while looking back. And we need to forget the things. We need to forgive the things that are behind so that we can forget the things that are behind and look to the things that are before. God wants us to be going forward. (laughs) Hallelujah. And you can't do that while looking back. We need to get these things resolved. Praise God. Amen. It will wound you. It will discourage you. Listen. The dignity and nobility of our life as well as our happiness depends upon this train of thought, the direction the train is going, the baggage it carries, and the scenery through which it travels. Amen. Listen to Philippians 4 and verse 8. Finally, brethren, finally, he's summing it up. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Or could we possibly say without doing an injustice to the scripture, meditate on these things. Praise God. Look what happens if we do in Psalm 9419. Says, In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. Amen. (laughs) I like I like the paraphrase of that too. It says, whenever I'm anxious and worried, You comfort me and make me glad. And in Proverbs 16 and 3, when we surrender in full trust and consecration, God will reveal His plans and purposes for our life. Listen to what it says. It says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. I like the Amplified here. It says, Roll your works upon the Lord. Commit and trust them wholly to Him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to His will. And so shall your plans be established and succeed. Why? Because your plans will sync and synchronize with His plan and purpose for your life. Amen. Didn't the Bible say, Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Why? Is that a blank check? No. You know what it is? It means that you will, 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 will want His will more than your way. Amen. Hallelujah. You'll be able to pray, Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. And mean it. Amen. And you will discover His will and pray according to His will. And when you do, praise God. Hallelujah. It's going to be like an explosion of, of faith within your heart. See, this is the confidence we have in Him the Scriptures teach. If we ask anything according to His will, we know He hears us. If we know He hears us, we know we have the petition that we we have desired of Him. Glory be to God. Listen to Psalm 103. This is a thanksgiving psalm, and it fits perfectly this season and time that we are in. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeems thy life from destruction, crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Verse 5, who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth Is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. These threefold blessings. When we give God glory. By talking of his doings. Amen. Praise God. Listen. We speak and proclaim the works of the Lord. We remember God's works. We meditate. And keep focused on his goodness and grace. And we speak and and proclaim the works of the Lord. Amen. Listen, verse 12 says, I will meditate also on all thy work and talk of thy doings. God says for us to speak up, to declare and publish His mighty deeds and His loving kindnesses. Psalm 26, 7 says that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving And tell of all thy wondrous works. Paraphrase says living, singing, a song of thanksgiving and telling of all your miracles. We must maintain that positive confession. Our praise and our testimony should reflect our faith and God's faithfulness. Praise God. Amen. When we give God glory... By talking of His doings, like Psalm 103, we bless the Lord, and we bless our own soul, and we bless others who hear us. Hallelujah. It's a three-fold blessing, therefore. See, Psalm 40, verse 3 says, He put a new song in my mouth. And when did He do it? After He lifted him from the miry clay. After he delivered him from the place he couldn't get out of. But he did get out of. Because he just didn't despair. Hallelujah. He hath put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and trust in the Lord. We glory in God. We literally begin to boast in Him. Hallelujah. We talk of all His Doings, praise God, Amen. We need that today. Your own soul needs to hear. I went through nervous exhaustion, and I, I found myself, walking in our church at that time by myself. I opened the book of Psalms, and I found somebody that was in a deep, dark place, just like I was. And I begin to talk out loud when I got to the part where they begin to talk not about their trouble, but talk about the answer and the solution. I begin to speak the words that they were speaking, just like Asaph and just like David. Praise God. And just like Paul in the New Testament. Glory be to God. We speak and proclaim the works of the Lord amen. There's something about it. There's something about you hearing the Word right now. It's something about you reading the Word. But when you begin to say the Word out loud, praise God, it's somehow another, it is transferred from the head to the heart. It's a mystery. It's a spiritual exercise. But it really, really is real. That's why in the Old Testament, the servant of the Lord said, I'm going to make my tongue the pen of a ready rider. And when he began to speak the word of the Lord, it was begin to be inscribed upon the tables of his own heart. Hallelujah. Oh, friend of mine, when it gets in your heart, it takes root and it grows. It is a seed planted in good ground and it brings forth fruit some 30 some 60 and some 100 fold to the glory of God amen today man you see god wants you to get in his word and god wants to get his word in you today i'm telling you if you will begin to to remember All that God has done. And you begin to meditate upon his goodness. His faithfulness. His grace and his love. And focused on him today. Hallelujah. And then you begin to speak and proclaim. God's word. Not what you feel. Not what you sense. But what God has said. I'm going to close with this on that thought today. Hebrews 13.5 said. He hath said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Listen, listen, sometimes when the persecution is there, sometimes when the betrayals are there, the heartache and the heartbreak, sometimes we wonder, is he really here? Because you're emotionally distraught and mentally, you're mentally overwhelmed and you're becoming spiritually affected. If we're not careful, it's a dangerous place to be in. But thank God there is a way out of it. Listen. He hath said. I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. That we might boldly say. The Lord is my helper. Amen. And this is when faith is most pure. When the circumstance says he's not keeping that promise. When the enemy of your soul says he's not going to keep that promise. See he isn't. Because you don't sense Him and you don't see Him and you don't feel Him. Listen, it doesn't change. God keeping His Word. You may not be able to sense it at the moment, but that doesn't mean He's not right there with you, reaching out to help you. Praise God. He hath said that we might boldly say. Say what? Say what He has said. Because hath he not said it, and will he not do it? Praise God. Amen. The devil doesn't want you standing on the Word of God. Amen. Because he knows God is going to come through for you. And you can manifest faith by simply agreeing with God, not with your feelings, your senses, but with what God has already spoken. Praise God. It's a sword. Of the Spirit in your spiritual armor. So the Bible simply says, Hold fast your profession of faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. And that word, profession of faith, is confession of faith in the Greek. And it literally means more than just saying it, but it means saying the same thing as another. Saying the same thing as another. And there's something about when you and I begin to say what God has said instead of in His Word, not what we feel, not what we see, not what we sense, but what God has already on record and said in His Word. You know why that's so important? Because heaven and earth Will pass away. That that we seem to be the most solid and consistent that we know of. Heavens in the sky and the earth here below. He said they will pass away. But my word will not pass away. You're in a shaky place, get in the word of God and get the word of God in you. And you can stabilize that shaky. Wavering faith. If you've got faith as a grain of mustard seed, your mountain, your mountain of circumstance, of opposition, can be moved with that mustard seed sized faith. Isn't that amazing? Because it's not faith in your faith. It's not the size of your faith. It's the size of your God. Hallelujah. And you serve a mountain moving God. In the name of Jesus today. So God needs all his children. To be out of those places of discouragement and despair. He needs us to be standing up and standing strong. And to be a witness to the world. We serve a God hallelujah who is on the throne and in control and a Jesus who is coming soon. If you don't know Christ today as your Lord and your personal Savior I pray that you will run to Him. Don't run from Him. Come to Jesus today. Let Him forgive you of all of your sin as you repent of it. In Jesus name.